If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 43 of the R&R Show. Hello, Will, how are you doing? I am doing fantastic. Um, you know, it's starting to warm up here in Southern California, so trying to stay cool, you know, trying to beat that heat, and I uh, yep. hope you are too. Same thing in the Pacific Northwest. Um, yeah. uh, depending on how worked up I get, I might have some beads of sweat that you probably won't be able to see because we're in tiny little windows, but that's okay. The important thing is you can't smell it in here, and uh, <laughs> that is definitely for the best because uh, we need yes. to air it out a little bit. But folks, that's not why you're here. You're here because you want to hear about upcoming crowdfunding games. Everybody wants to hear about the latest that's on GameFound and Kickstarter. And that's something we do every month. And it is time to do it once again. But if you're a longtime fan of the show, you're going to notice something a little bit different this month. In the past, what we've done is, the night before, Ruel and I literally comb over a list of upwards of 800 games that have not launched. And we try to find the 10 that we find most compelling that we haven't talked about in a previous show. That's a lot of work. That's a lot of work. A ton. <laughs> and um, and it can sometimes lead to us missing some really cool stuff. So we're doing an experiment this month. We are shifting things up. Rather than talking about games that will be launching in the future, we're talking about games today that will be ending in the future. This is going to be a list of, I believe, we found it's either 11 or 12 games that will be finishing their crowdfunding in the month of May, and we think they are worth looking at. And we are saying this with a lot more confidence than we have in the past, because we can actually look at the page. We can watch gameplay run-throughs. Um, you know, we can you know get a better look at the art, instead of what we often had to do in the pact was detective work. There's one picture of this, and a one-paragraph description. What can we... Is this a good game? Should we talk about it? Um, we're talking about things that we find to be very, very exciting. And they range from... Oh, one of them is literally going to end later today. And um, one of them is going to be uh, coming out... Ending in a few weeks, like three weeks. And by the way, did I say May, folks? I meant the month Ooh. of June. The month oh, okay. of June. Um, so we've got, got one. So we do have one that's ending today in May. But then the rest, mm -hmm. uh, we're going to be doing them in um, chronological order, starting with the one that's ending today, and then ending with the one that ends in a few weeks from now. And... Um, in addition to that, before we get to that, we are going to look into the future a little bit because in the month of June, there's going to be a lot of Kickstarter games covered on the Rotto channel. Uh, Ruel's going to be stepping up and doing one as well, as I recall. And yes. so we are first going to um, give you a quick rundown of coming soon to the channel, these games. Then we will talk about um, leaving crowdfunding very, very soon, these other games. And um, wish us luck, folks. This is a big experiment. And um, we definitely love feedback, including, since this is a brand new way to go, we were thinking maybe we should have a name for this. And our first thought was we could call this the crowdsource. Right? Every yes. week or every month, we bring you the crowdsource, the source for all your crowdfunding needs. But then our live audience suggested, what about crowdsauce? And I have to admit, I kind of fell hard in love with that. Um, yeah. And then we did a vote, and the audience showed crowd sauce. But then at the last second, somebody suggested, what about crowd sorcery? 
And we're like, oh, I really love that one too. So yeah. if this show works, it needs a name. And you can help us out, folks. Down in the comments, um, you know, if we're going to do this once a month, what do you think it should be called? Do you like the crowdsource? Very official sounding. Or do you like something a little bit more cheeky, like crowdsauce? Or do you want something kind of in between, the crowdsourcery? Or something else? Let us know. And um, yeah, and I think yeah. we're ready to go. Yeah, we are. But first, there's something on your table there, uh, my friend. You want to talk about that and share what is on your table today? I'm glad you asked, Joel, because this is very, very important. Um, what I've got on my table right now is Hacktivity, which I adore this game. It is actually um, crowdfunding as we speak. Uh, it is going to be uh, ending in the month of June. We're going to be talking about it in a little bit because it's on the list, but uh, let's talk about it a little bit more because, uh, well, first of all, if you've ever played Netrunner and you've thought, boy, Netrunner's really cool. I wish I could play it solo or I wish I could play it co-op. You might want to check this out because this is a cyberspunk or a cyberspunk. That's not, that sounds dirty. A cyberpunk <laughs> game all about hackers trying to take down viruses in cyberspace. Players are working together and the core gameplay is so simple. Every round, depending on the tension level, which rises over time, you have to draw a certain number of cards. In the beginning, it's three. So I've got my deck. Oops, that should be over here. I've got my deck of good guy cards. There's a deck of bad cards. I could, I have to draw three. I could just draw three from here. And then I have to deal with all of these. We win by destroying all of these viruses. We lose if we run out of time because we run out of our own cards. And every round, I've got to decide, well, I could just take three good cards. Probably not a good idea to do it right now because I don't really have... I've got this one standing alpha virus to kill. But let's say in the first round, I decide to draw two bad ones and one good one. And now I'm playing solo today. If Roel and I were playing together, he would have his own deck of cards. He would have to choose how many of his cards and how many of the virus cards we want to play. And this is a limited communication game, folks. Ruel wouldn't be able to tell me what he's got. But then we have to work together to figure out, right, what is the best order to play all the cards we've got? So I've got a virus here, and every virus card you've got, you've got a choice to either just kill it straight out, but then you deal with the really big bad. This will cut down on uh, this will basically raise the firewalls uh, and they get closer and closer. These things get thrown into the deck and they really slow us down as these fill up. And this will heal an existing one. So this alpha virus will become stronger if I kill this. Oh my goodness, do I want to do this one? Oh, and the um, critical failure will raise twice. There's a lot of ways to lose, only one way to win. So we will suffer mightily if I decide to just kill this thing right now, which is what we're here to do. But instead, I could say, hey, how about we put it on the deck? And what that means is it has two hit points or cyber hit points, and now that means, oh, we don't have to do all those really terrible things, but when we eventually kill this thing by doing damage, it will hit one of us back for two. So either we have to take the damage, or everything else has to take the damage. I think that might make sense. And the thing is, if I were playing cooperatively with Ruel, Ruel might say, I've got this really bad thing. He can say what it does, but he can't say how hard it hits. And I might be able to say, hey, you know what? Don't worry about it. I can kill the thing straight out, and I've got a healing card. So after I kill it and it hits me, I'll be able to heal myself. So we can have that kind of you know indirect communication, trying to figure stuff out. But eventually, uh, we will start playing our own cards. Like, I've got this one here. And this is the interesting thing about our cards. In the same way, you can either just take the big penalty and kill them straight out or take the weaker penalty and have to fight them over time. You can play these for the top or the bottom action. And so you can see, I can put it over here. Oops, 
yeah, on the, ah, right, okay, on the top or the bottom. So I could play this one right now to lower the alert so we, um, you know, fi we uh, stave off getting firewalls thrown at us, or um, I can actually, yeah, okay, oh yeah, that's lowering the alert or getting rid of firewalls. So I can do one of these two things. I could play this right now, but Jen might say, wait, 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 um, I don't have any alert cards. So we have a lot of, um, all the cards we've got do all kinds of stuff. They do direct damage to the bad guys. They make the alert level rise, but do more damage to the bad guys. Do I want to hurt them for a little, or do I want to hurt them for a lot? Do I want to spread out lots of little damage, or um, you know, instead raise the alert and hit both for really big damage? Uh, you know, depending on how it goes. Knowing that this has one hit point and this has two hit points. Uh, in the solo game, you get really crappy cards thrown in that just kind of clog up your mm. deck. And then each one of the four characters you can play have unique special powers as well. Like Blast here, he's got special power cards that let you duplicate the powers of other characters or heal each other and whatnot. So this is a really fun, fast playing game that is super slick and clean playing. Here's a list of all the different um, you know uh, abilities that you, you see in all the different icons as we play through the game. And it's just fun. It's fast. And the game comes with a bunch of different missions. So they change up. Like we're going up against the Energizer, who actually most of the bosses just have one level. This one has four levels we have to fight our way through before we can get to um, defeat it. And um, with, between the variety of characters, between the really fun cooperative play and the fun solo play. When you play solo, you take two different characters, you shuffle their decks up, and it becomes one big super deck where you can combine powers with each other. I'm in love with this game. It rated wow. very, very high for me last month. It's going... Uh, it's on Kickstarter right now. It's already funded. I, I guess I talked about it now, so I won't have to talk about it so much later. But the important thing is, one of you folks can win a full all-in edition of this game. You know what it reminds me of, Ruel? I never thought about it till this very second. The fact that, okay, I've got my cards, I wait to see what you do, and then I decide, because they all have a top or bottom, this also is, what if I took Netrunner turned it co-op, and combined it with Gloomhaven. Ooh. That is what this game is. With the wow. choose the top or the bottom. Oh, I chose, yeah. I thought I was going to do this, but after you did the thing, I've got to change it up. I've got to do this other thing now. I and like again, it. we can kind of communicate. Oh, it's so good. So, oh, Netrunner cool. meets Gloomhaven in a co-op uh, card game. That's Hacktivity. One of you will win it, but how do they win, Ruel? Well, I'm glad you asked. Uh, the way you win, folks, is watch the show and just be pay careful attention one of us is going to say the secret word and you're going to take that uh and the word i'm going to let you right now it's not a secret anymore the word is sauce exactly. s-a-u-c-e you don't have to know how to spell it you just need to hear one of us say it during the show and then what you're going to do is take note of the game that we're talking about when we say sauce and then send the uh, name of the game in an email to contest at rotom.com exactly. and you'll be entered into uh to win your very own copy of hacktivity yep which i Highly recommend. And we will be doing a drawing for that on June 7th. So you basically have a week from today uh, to listen, ear, keep your ears peeled. When one of us says sauce, send that game to uh, contest at rotto.com. And you know what? If you don't hear it, there are options. If you're a Patreon backer of the show, you can just direct message me on Patreon, and I'll tell you what it is. If you uh, subscribe to the show on Twitch, I'll tell you what it is as well. So you can just sit back and enjoy the show. Um, one lucky winner is going to be very, very happy with a very, very cool game. But yeah. we've got that out of the way, and I think it is time to start with the show proper. Which, when we set out today, remember, I thought was going to be called the crowdsource. 
but it might be changing. Yeah. Again, we'd love some suggestions down in the chat. Uh, but first, on the show, we're going to do two halves. First, we're going to do a coming soon, talking about games on um, GameFound and Kickstarter that will be going live in the month of June. And that me or Ruel or Kim or Shay uh, you know, or, or, or everybody, I mean, there's uh, all hands on deck. We got a lot of games to cover in June. Then we will go to the ones that um, are ending, that are very, very, you don't want to miss out because you only have one last chance to get on board. So, first of all, the co- in the coming soon section, we've got a bunch to talk about. These are in alphabetical mm. order, and I am very, very happy and excited about Aeon's End, Past and Future. This Everybody thought Aeon's End was done after the second Legacy game. They thought the story was over. No! The story continues by going deep into the past, hundreds of years before the first Aeon's End, and generations after the events of Legacy of Graveholt. There are two new campaigns you can play through in this box with a whole bunch of new heroes, a bunch of of new nemeses and it's as great as it's ever been introducing really cool new stuff in the market with how you interact with cards that hasn't been done before Aeon's End just keeps on getting better you'll be able to see my run through of it coming soon then we've got Amon Ray, which Ooh. I am very excited about as well yes. because I have wanted to play Amon Ray. I feel like for 20 years and this is the 20th anniversary edition this is one of the classics from Reiner Knizia uh, one of his auction greats uh, you know building pyramids in the ancient world using a really clever auction system. The problem has always been it's only a three-player minimum game. And so I've never had a chance to play it. Although Amon Ray the card game is very good and it works well for two. But this new 20th edition, uh, 20th anniversary edition, which has gorgeous art from Vincent Dutre, also includes four new modules, one of which is called the Viziers, which makes two-player gameplay finally possible, which is what I've been waiting for forever, so I'm looking forward to covering Almond Ray, the 20th anniversary edition. Then we've got Brett Walda, and I think maybe somebody else has something to say about that. That's me. I'll be covering this game uh, this month, folks, so stick around for that. I literally just got the prototype in, uh, uh, I think, end of last week, so I'm pouring over the rules. It's going to be a good one, so be sure to tune in for that. It's a big 4X game in medieval times, right? Yes, yep. it is, and it's oh, I, I can't wait! It's going to be exciting. Yeah, it look it it, re- it looks really nice from the pictures I've seen. So that'll yep. be another one we're covering. Then moving on, we have got Davy Jones's Locker: The Kraken Wakes, uh, and this is a pirate game. It is a cooperative pirate game, and it has two halves. The first half, you're just doing pirate stuff, you know, fighting, you know, navies, and um, you know, getting buried treasure and maintaining your crew and upgrading your ship and stuff like that. But that's all in service of the second half because in the second half of the game. The Kraken wakes up and tries to kill everybody. So the first half of this game is a race to level up your pirate ship and your crew as fast as you can. And then the second half of the game is an epic battle where you try to collectively take the Kraken out. And what really surprised me most and what sounds most cool is when Rel is coming to the end and my ship goes down, I'm not out. My crew then jumps onto your ship and my crew helps you and man some of the stations on your ship as long as you can stay afloat. That's very, very cool. Sounds really thematic. Looking forward to uh, Davy Jones's locker, the Kraken wakes. Then there is Divine Dungeon. Death is not their destiny. Is not your destiny. It's theirs. This is a tiling dungeon game. I have to admit, I don't know much about it, but I am looking forward to uh, di- digging in deep on this one. We've got. 
Factions of Saul, another one that I'm not covering. I have to admit, the ones I'm not covering, I don't know as well. But if I recall correctly, this is a pick-up-and-deliver game in space. And the trick is, whenever you spend resources to move into a space, anytime somebody else wants to go there to that particular planet, they have to pay more. So very quickly, costs really escalate, and you have to be very, very smart about how you uh, try to zip around um, the... Uh, the solar system delivering stuff, I guess. Factions of Saul. Then there is First in Flight. This is another one for me. This combines deck building, push your luck, and time tracks. All uh, Glenn Moore. That, it turns out to be an amazing combination of three wonderful mechanisms as players compete to do better than the Wright brothers did and be the first to um, fly that 36 meters. And, you know, so we're in a race to, uh, you know, test our planes, get them better, and just inch closer and closer and closer using all kinds of special powers and whatnot. From the designer of Planet X, the search for Planet X, the design duo. Yeah. And everybody knows how big a deal, I mean, so, and this is them pivoting, doing something completely new and different that is also excellent. Okay, then there is Gathering Gloom. This is probably one of the biggest, heaviest, most complex co-op games I have seen in quite a while. It has the same basic, you know, pandemic-style co-op approach of, oh, look, we've got a lot of problems on the board, and we're just running around trying to deal with them while trying to pursue a big thing. What are we trying to pursue? Well, we are a scary family of monsters, of zombies and werewolves and vampires. The game is actually trying to recreate the vibe of an old 60s soap opera called um, Dark Shadows. And apparently it does that very well for old school fans of Dark Shadows. And um, but like I said, it's it's you know it kind of bucks the trend of oh let's uh, do a pandemic thing, but just keep it really nice and simple and light. This is not a gateway game at all. It's really rich. There's a lot of stuff that's going on, a lot of uh, levers to pull, and you'll be seeing it this month. Uh, then we've got Journey Adventure Quest or Jack. This is a very fun. Jen, I played this a couple of months ago. I'll be filming it soon. Uh, it is a set collection game where we are trying to upgrade our armor, our weapons, um, our spells, all because we're fantasy adventure characters and. And um, we're trying to do it uh, uh, to take out a boss. And it's a competitive game. Everybody's trying to get the best set of stuff so they can beat the boss. But then we do it via a Seven Wonders style draft. I've got cards. I'm going to have to give some to you. I keep some for myself. And then at the end of an era, everybody gets a stack at the first box. The interesting thing about when we take these cards, we stack them on top of existing cards. So cards compound. They don't replace each other. What starts out is a crappy little mace. By the time I've played three or four cards to it, it's become a super uber mace. But at the same time I'm leveling that up, the bosses are leveling up as well. And it's just a fun, fast... I mean, this is very much a... Could be a gateway-style game for folks who like fantasy adventure. Uh, You can watch for that coming. And then we've got Leviathan Wilds. Oh, this might be my most excited. This is basically Shadow of Colossus, the board game. And for folks who don't know, that's a classic PlayStation 2 game where there are gigantic Leviathans wandering the world, and it's our job to stop them. But in Shadow of Colossus, it was your job to kill them in this game it's our job to heal them um you'll heal their wounds so they stop rampaging and can go about and so i love the gameplay of the entire board being this big um leviathan and it's actually a storybook game so it's got lots of different leviathan lots of different boards as we move around and you know compete to or i don't remember if it's cooperative or competitive i'm super excited about though but the fact that we are healing the creatures rather than killing them yes more Mm -hmm. of that please very excited for leviathan wilds 
then we've got Majesty of Dragons. This is a, uh, Shay will be doing this one if I recall correctly, a head-to-head -head dueling game where we are trying to build up the strongest army of dragons to take each other out. And the interesting thing is, you know, it may, hey, that sounds a little Magic the Gathering, right? But just focused on dragons. This game brings auctions. Um, because, just because you got the dragon on your side doesn't mean somebody else couldn't bid higher and pull them away from you. And so, I mean, the dragons are very fickle and you've got to keep them on your side. And so it brings auction mechanisms into uh, dueling wizard-style gameplay. Very intriguing. Looking forward to seeing that. Then um, we've got... Reach or USC Reach. This is um, which one is this one? Oh, this is a uh, another pickup and deliver game, if I recall correctly. Oh, I do not remember this one. This is another one that I am not doing, if I recall correctly. Shay is doing this one. It's obviously set in outer space. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yes, and it has a big focus on upgrading your ship, going from planet to planet, trying to help people solve um, problems. It has a cartoony look to it, if I recall correctly. You'll know more about it coming soon. Shay liked it enough to say, yes, I would like to cover that. So watch for USC Reach. Then there's Septima. This one's coming from mm. Kim. I do remember that. She's excited for this one. This is from Mind Clash Games. You know, um, you know, top dogs in the industry of making big, complex, super thematic games. This is them trying to make something more akin to a gateway. Supposedly it's much lighter, more straightforward. You are trying to protect a coven of witches and, and grow in power and influence. I can't wait to see Kim's uh, coverage of it because she does an amazing job. Shoe Tactics. Remember a few months ago, Ruel, we talked about what a game changer Voyages was? Print yes. and play Kickstarters? Shoe mm -hmm. Tactics is another one of these. From an independent developer in Vietnam. And when he reached out to me, he said, you know what, I never thought I'd be able to publish this, but after Voyages was successful, I gotta give this a try too. So I'm looking forward to seeing, this is a solo, campaign-driven um, uh, roll and write that basically tells the story of a, a particular dynasty, a Shoe Dynasty's um, you know, defense of ancient China. It looks has really nice art, looking forward to it. Trailblazers is um, from the the designer of Pipeline and Curious Cargo, Ryan Courtney, if I recall correctly, and it's card patching, one of my favorite mechanisms that nobody seems to know about. So I'll be covering that one, and then I think the last one is the Umbrella Academy. And this is coming from designers who have been at Games Workshop for like 15 years. So like really old hands. This is another pandemic-style um, uh, cooperative game where everybody's working together in the comic book Umbrella Academy universe, not the TV show universe. And what really intrigued me the most was, uh, because they are a dysfunctional family in the comics and the show, that can come into gameplay too, because sometimes you'll have family feud cards you have to deal with in the middle of trying to save the world. So, phew, hmm. that wow. was a lot, and I think, yeah, that was all of it. Wow. Oh my gosh. What, what a month we have coming up here on the channel. I, I'm excited to be part of this, and I mean, all... All these games look fantastic. I mean, I'm really, I'm genuinely curious about every single one. Oh, yeah, and I agree. Yeah, they, it's, it's a, you know, like you said, all hands on deck this month. We've got a ton of games to um, check out. So, folks, again, don't forget to hit that subscribe button and, uh, you know, you'll get notified whenever uh, we release videos here. Yes, indeed. Well, folks, that was for now the crowdsource, our coming soon section. But now we move on to closing time. The games that in June will be, um, you know, uh, closing up shop and moving on to pledge managers and publishing and all the rest of it. And so we've got a few more of those to talk about. And that I'm not going to monopolize that one. I've got about half of them. Ruel has about half of them. This is yeah. both of both of us had a lot of overlap, but we both had several that were unique to us. And um, we're going to be doing this in order from um, closing soonest to latest, which means I think I am going to be starting with the first yes. one. Let me see if I can get it here on screen. Yes. 
Yes, I do. So, first of all, on May 31st, uh, which is today, uh, of course, mm-hmm. we have got... Oh, where did you go? Um, I, have, I have so many buttons to push, by, uh, folks. I, I sometimes lose track of it all. <laughs> yeah, okay, here it is. Um, this is called Warline. It's already funded. It's up for 18 more hours as of the time we're um, recording this. So probably up for maybe a dozen hours by the time you might see this. Um, and this is a, a game where you design custom maneuvers, craft your path to victory, design a battlefield, design your army, design tactics, design your own path to victory in this sandbox fantasy warfare game. And if you know me, folks, you're saying... Why am I talking about a sandbox fantasy war game? Because, of course, I am famously not really big for direct conflict. There's a couple things that really stand out about this game. One, the sandbox. This game, a lot of games promise sandbox, but few games really deliver on the idea of emergent gameplay, where your ideas, your plans of combining X and Y and Z will lead to solutions to problems that the designer themselves never thought of. Um, Because it is truly a... uh, a, 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 it's, it's like a, a building kit. It's like a Lego, a mm-hmm. box set of how can you combine yeah. all these different things to defeat your opponent on the field of battle with these cool, really neat-looking, big, chunky dice that represent your different um, factions as they move around. And um, you don't have to take my word for it. Um, Tim Schuen... Uh, who has an amazing channel on YouTube. He actually did a run-through with a friend of his. If you scroll down and watch his video, see how much fun he and his friend are having. Um, you know, it definitely convinced me that this is a brilliant game. Okay, it's oh, here it is. Yeah, um, Warline multiplayer gameplay. This really sells the idea of how this is not a game where, oh, look, you just have to follow the rules. You make your own rules in this game. So as a former designer myself, that really intrigues me. But the other reason this is so big for me is because of the current designer, Justin Limegang. Uh, full disclosure, folks, is a personal friend of mine. I was a video <laughs> game designer, a creative director for, what, uh, t- 20 years, about two decades. And in all that time, Justin had to be the most passionate and creative designer I ever worked with. I was constantly, every day I walked into work with him, I was blown away by his enthusiasm and his raw, unbridled passion for design and how to make games that allow players to become true, um, truly in control of their own destiny, as opposed to following a set of rules that, player, that, that we as the designers laid out for them. So, knowing Justin and his predilections and his skill, and then seeing Tim's video convinced me 100% that Warline, which has got 18 hours to go as of the recording... Uh, is definitely worth checking out. Phew. Wow, that looks really cool. I'm, yes. And again, I had no idea you knew uh, him. So that, wow, what an interesting uh, system here where you're going to be crafting, are you basically making certain rules up as you go along or uh, rejiggering things or? Well, it's a, it's a, he, the game comes with a very simple set of rules. And yeah. the way they combine, depending on, oh, I never thought about using this at the moment that I'm under the, um, you know, under this particular condition. Whoa, that creates a super combo um, that nobody, you know, this is the kind of game where the more you get into it, um, the more you're likely to come up with ideas and combinations of abilities that no one has ever done before, even though this game has been going through extreme testing for years. That is mm. the nature of it, that it is designed to be incredibly creativity-inspiring. You don't solve problems because, oh, wait, I got the right card, and I'll use this card, and, oh, do I have enough resources? All right, I'll, I'll tap this so I got the resources. That's how these games normally work. In this game, right, I've got everything in front of me. How can I mix and match all these things to beat you. So, that's Very our first cool. game on the new show, um, Warline. 
And uh, like I said, ending uh, ending on May 31st. You know what occurs okay. to me? I should have put down at the bottom of the screen when it ends. I am going to do that for the next one because we're going to okay. move right on to a game that is um, closing down on June 1st, and it is Resist. And now this is on GameFound right now. It's doing okay. Uh, it's basically got two days left, and it is a fantastic-looking solo card game, all about um, Spanish the Spanish Marquis, um, you know, in their fight against Franco. I have to admit, I, this is not a lot of history I'm well aware of, and I appreciate the game is really going to try and bring that history to life, um, you know, because they're, they're really kind of, you know, they're really focusing on that like a laser. But what got me in, first of all, were the designers. Trevor Benjamin is the co-designer of Mandala, and he's also the co-designer on War Chest, which I haven't played, but Undaunted, which I hear nothing but how amazing the Undaunted series is. His co-designer um, from Undaunted, David Thompson, is also here. And then they're joined by um, Roger uh, Tankersley, and Sniper Elite, the board game, has been getting a lot of rave attention. So these three fellas working together to make a solo card game that has a really cool core idea. And unfortunately, I don't think there's anywhere in here where they just show the game set up. Of course, you can watch the videos to see the game set up. But I think there was, uh, they showed like what the player mat is. And that maybe will help me show it to you. Do, do, do. Yeah, so the player map, when you set up, there are different missions you can go on. They are put here. You, those are face up. You have a little bit of information, but each one of these missions has anywhere from four to six cards face down. Those could be guards. Those could be hostages. Those could be spies. Those could be all kinds of things. You don't know what they are. And so every round, you are trying to decide, okay, which one of these missions am I going to go on Not uh, with only limited information about what's there, and who am I going to go with? Because all of your cards, the members of your resistance, they have a stay-hidden power and a revealed power. So when you're playing them, you say, okay, well... I think I'm going to bring in uh, Domingo and Carlos and Manuel because the three of them, if I can keep them all hidden, they should be able to take care of the basic requirements and finish this mission. You know what? Maybe I'll bring in um, Pilar as well because I might have to reveal him. In case they hit me hard, I will bring him in knowing that I'm going to reveal him and therefore he's out of the game, but I'll keep the other three hidden so I can use them in a future round. I love this idea. It sounds so interesting and satisfying. And I watched a couple of the videos and it proves out. Watch any of these videos on this folks and if you're looking for a really interesting historically rich and thematic co-op game with tough tough choices you know the fog of war not knowing what i'm going to face trying to make my best laid plans ahead of time and then oh this is what it is okay how am i going to use these cards now I have to come up with a completely different plan, and let's see if I can pull it off. Who am I willing to lose so that everybody else can stay hidden um, in Resist? Yeah. So, I, I, I'm excited about this just because the name you mentioned, Trevor Benjamin, uh, he did mm-hmm. a wonderful abstract game called War Chess for AEG yes. a few years ago, yep. which is excellent. So I'm really curious to see how he takes his skills from abstract to uh, this uh, card-driven game. And again, like you, I'm not really too familiar with the history, so I'm uh, looking to learn something as well. So yeah. this looks fantastic. All right. Well, cool. I think you've cool. heard enough from me, folks. Ruel, how about you <laughs> talk about one now? Right? Yeah. Okay. Why don't we talk talk about our my next game here? I'm gonna let me see. This here is I believe this one's gonna be ending June 5th. Yep, there um, we go. And it is Dead Ball, the second edition. Now, this one is really interesting to me. This uh Dead Ball has been around for a while, a few years ago. Uh the gentleman designer there, uh WM Akers, he designed this when he uh was expecting his first child. Okay. So, you know, as he's uh, or he's uh you know raising his first child. He's trying to find a quick game to fill in the time. And obviously, he's a baseball diehard fan. And he he 
created the system it's really simple it's just dice one player is a batter one player is a pitcher you're both rolling standard rpg dice so i think it's okay. like uh you got a hundred sided die for the batter which is like two ten sided and then you get depending on your pitcher's era you're going to get different uh dice and you just roll it and you're going to add it and consult charts it's really simple but here's the thing rado what i'm excited about and really and uh, i'm going to full disclosure i actually backed this on kickstarter okay. just last week so i am one of the backers um what's really interesting is that this community that has grown around this game is so passionate, and it's growing. And look, he he asked for five hundred dollars. He's right, sixteen thousand. Yeah. So there are a lot of people into this game, and he he totally encourages, almost like that sandbox thing you were talking about earlier. He encourages people to come up with house rules, and then he mm. he's gone. I think this might be the fourth or fifth edition of this game. Um, I mean, it says second edition, but they've done uh, Dead Ball Year Three, Dead Ball uh, Nineteen Twenty Seven, or whatever different uh, versions of the game. So he incorporates these house rules uh, in uh, uh, with each iteration, and it becomes a more fully fleshed out game so the basic game is always going to be rolling dice and consulting the charts but now with the help of the community and himself uh there are all kinds of things you can add on like pitcher fatigue you can do double oh. plays you can you know do all the different bits of strategy that are on baseball y'all know y'all know me i am a huge baseball fan I'm, I'm a huge baseball nut and what this what is really neat about this it it'll come with it comes with some standard players you know that you can use but you can literally just go to your uh, local newspaper, get the box score from the game from last oh, night, wow. and enter all the stats from the game, and you can replay that game right then and there. Wow. All you need, uh, the basic set, all you need is ERA for the pitcher and then the uh, batting average of the batter, and there you have it. That's all you need. So what I'm going to do, I'm, I'm excited about this. Over on my channel, folks, Ruel Gaviol on Twitch, you're going to find me real soon. I'm going to open up a base, a box of baseball cards, and I'm just going to pull random cards. Like I'm going to put a first baseman, a second baseman, and so forth. And I'm going to enter those into the basic game sheet. So and then I'm gonna play a game using the players I found on these baseball cards. I'm super excited about this. Um, it is a really inexpensive as well, which I love because they're gonna be printing it through. I think it's Drive Through RPG. So they handle okay. the printer. You're just gonna pay a small fee to get that uh, shipped over to you. I I am I love this model. I love supporting uh, independent designers like this, and that's why it's on our list of games to check out. Any June 5th Dead Ball Second Edition baseball. That's with amazing. Dice. Uh, you make me. Sad that I am not a baseball fan because that is really cool. And it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, you're right. It's the same thing I was talking about, uh, Justin's. You know, a game that yeah. is so wide open, so simple, and so elegant in its core, but that can expand in all kinds of interesting ways. And apparently, yeah, this is. I mean, just looking at you know the the, the, the these charts and whatnot that you play with, this is clearly yeah. for diehards. Um, yeah, and I know yeah. that's. You. I mean, it's. Yeah, and that's the cool thing, too, because, you know, as baseball fans, we're uh, at heart stat geeks. You know, yeah. we love stats. And what you're doing is just taking baseball card stats or baseball box scores, incorporating that into a player sheet, and then you're just rolling dice. And it's, oh, I, I love the simplicity of it. But then as you get deeper into it, you're going to see how deep and how robust this system becomes with all the additional rules. But Sweet. just the core system, I, I think, is wonderful. And that's, yeah, de the Dead Ball, Baseball with Dice, second edition. Okay, ending well. June 5th. Let's move on then to a game okay. that is coming on June 7th, two days later. It's not coming, it's leaving. So you only have a few, you only have four days left for a dead ball. Uh, you have a couple days more for the next one, which I think we're going to hear from Morel about Trailblazers, the John Muir Trail. Yes, uh, Trailblazers, the John Muir Trail. That, uh, as you said, ends June 7th. I actually uh, previewed this on my channel um, a couple of weeks ago. Um, uh, the uh, designer Dan Rice reached out to me and we worked something out where I played this with my buddy Darrell B. Gaiman. And as you can see, 
it's beautiful. It is Andrew Bosley art, folks. We all know, love and know Andrew Bosley from uh, games such as Everdell and Tapestry and all kinds of other beautifully illustrated games. This is a worker placement game that reminds me a bit about um, like the game Parks or Trails mm -hmm. from Keymaster Games, but this one takes it to the next level. It's got um, worker placement, it's got um, set collection, it's got uh, you're uh, going along the um, uh, John Muir Trail uh, on the uh, Sierra Nevada mountain range. And as you go, you're going to explore, you're going to take photos, you're going to collect different things. And as you can see there, I mean, it's got cute critters. It's got everything I love about uh, nature. Um, you know, I'm not the biggest uh, outdoorsman, but I want to be after playing games like this. Uh, you're going to see there, you're filling up your backpack, and that's going to unlock certain things. And as you're going to move up here, uh, the altitude, you're going to get more uh, uh, special abilities as well. Um, oh, it's so good. I, I really, really enjoyed this one. Uh, it's played over 12 rounds. It'll, it'll represent the 12 days that you're on the trail. Okay. And it's a winner, folks. It's already been fully funded. They were, they were like looking for $20,000. They're, they're over $100,000. It's got yeah. a huge following. And I think it's it's going to be a hit uh, when it comes out. I think it's uh, going to be released next year, but I see this being a hit, and that's why I love it. It's Trailblazer, the John Muir Trail, ending in June 7th, I believe. Yes. Um, yeah, and it's interesting, too. As I recall, you, were, you, you did a sponsored playthrough of it, and then you loved it so uh, much, you just kept playing it on your channel anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was like I, I couldn't stop. And the thing is, uh, now, one thing I, I just, you know, I did, I played my buddy Daryl, and then I played two-handed where I just do it, you know, uh, Rado style, where it's like me versus Michelle. But here's the thing, folks. The, uh, there's a solo uh, game being developed by none other than John D. Clare, one of my oh, favorite wow. designers. And, yeah, Mr. Clare is doing the solo game for this. So fantastic pedigree of designers here, and that's why it's a winner in my book. Okay, well, another one to look for. And you've got yes. until the 7th. But for the next one, you have until June 9th. And I think, based on where we're going, this is another one Ruel should talk about, Blaseball. Oh, yeah, Blaseball. So, yeah, we just talked about my love of baseball, and um, th this continues in Blaseball. Now, this one was actually off my radar at first because I wasn't really sure, you know, the, there was, like, this fantasy element to it. But it's got dice rolling. It's got set collection. It's got baseball. It's so much. It looks. It just looks fun. Um, it's going to be different than the other game I was talking about, Dead Ball, where that's like hardcore stats and your hardcore baseball fans are going to really love this. This one appeals more to a general audience, uh, uh, including uh, baseball fans as well. I mean, check out that art. It's a lot of fun. Um, let me see. Where is... Uh, I had my notes here. Um, uh, Ray, Rain Waite and Michael Fox are designers, and it's a two-player game. Uh, again, that that the ongoing duel between pitcher and batter yeah. is uh, uh, at the heart of this game as well. So you're going to be using modifiers, and you're trying, you know, again, trying to score runs, but again, in a more fun uh, fantasy realm uh, type setting. And I, I mean, baseball, folks. I want more sports games like this. <laughs> Take the theme of sports, and then you know, use it in a creative way. I, I'm totally down with that. And that's why it's um, one game that we're looking forward to here on GameFound, Blaze Ball. Okay, cool. Well, um, that is a nice one. And folks, I promise, no more baseball games. <laughs> but that, that was, I'll be it for this show. <laughs> yeah, that was far out. The two games, um, you know, covering the same topic, covering such radically different. So it's a good time. 
It's a good yes. time to be a baseball fan, I would say. Uh, Absolutely. And that is ending, what was it, on June 9th. June but 9th. June 9th, folks, is a big day because we've got another game ending on that day. It is Microcosmos. And uh, this is one I'm really interested in. Uh, it's basically a very, very big game in a very, very tiny box. It is from publisher... Oh, uh, this story games who previously had done Micro City, which I covered that a while ago. Micro City is fantastic. A great little lots going on in a very, very tiny box SimCity style game. This is, I guess you'd call it a 3X game because it is all about the exploration, the expansion, the exploitation, but no extermination because in this world, uh, a, an intergalactic war has ravaged planets and people are, are homeless and all that. And so we are traveling around in our... Um, um, our terraforming ships, trying to bring planets back, turn them habitable, and then also pick up um, you know uh, refugees and bring them to start new lives on these planets. And we're competing to be the best at it. And it looks great. A lot of game in a tiny little box. Really nice components. And so I knew I was interested because of the publisher and because uh, Micro City was so great. But then I started looking through, I mean, you know, and again, it has a really wonderful presentation. But here's the deal, folks. If you do one thing, can I suggest you go check out, it's going to be down here in the middle somewhere. Uh, here's the, the fellow actually walking you through how to play it. That's all well and good, but that's not what sold me. Kimberly Tolson sold me on this game. She has a fantastic, the three things I like about Microcosmos. The way you level up your ships um, that like, you know, kind of combo with your actual uh, colonization efforts. The way that you have multi-use uh, crew cards that uh, a crew member comes in being able to do one thing. And after you use that power, you move them to a different part and then suddenly that unlocks a completely different power on them. Or you could ignore that one-two combo thing and instead go for like a core central power they've got. So you have a lot of flexibility with your crew cards and um you know between that and the leveling up and i'll leave the third thing for you to watch because i i mean kimberly tolson is the best it's why uh, she's on the channel now doing run-throughs and um yeah she 100 convinced me that microcosmos is something that jen and i would absolutely adore i mean it has a great presentation it has looks like really clean simple smooth gameplay and you have until june 9th to check it out okay yeah. so yeah, don't was... miss out this is one of the games that overlapped on the list. I this one looks this a one lot of fun, and um, I just I, I looked at it. It just reminded me. This almost looks like a tiny epic game, right? You've yes. got all this gameplay in a small box. I didn't want to say that because I'm sure they're like we've heard it. Yes, we've heard yeah. of tiny epic. We get it, but we're yeah. doing our own yeah. thing. We're micro. We're not tiny epic, but yeah, yeah. It, I think I, it scratches I it. the same edge, which is a good thing. Yep. Yep. Totally. Cool. All okay. Right. Um, you're speaking about June 9th. I've got a June 9th game. A game that's ending on June 9th as June. well. Um, let's let's see if that. we're in a sync. Yeah, in sync. Yeah. So uh, I want to say this correctly. I'm not sure if it's <laughs> Yukio or Ukio. Okay. I, I'm not sure. Um, but hopefully our uh, viewers uh, will uh, uh, correct my pronunciation. But I'm excited about this. Now, we just talked about how that reminded me of a Tiny Up game. I feel like this game, this should have been, or this reminds me of a Button Shy game. Mm. Uh, it's a micro okay. game. It's got 16, or I think it's 16 cards or 18 cards. Right. Uh, my, uh, Button Shy usually goes 18. I think this is 16. But it's um, a, a, a tile lane or card lane game where you're trying to complete objectives. You can play uh, two to four players. 
but you're trying to complete objectives that are in your hand and you're laying these down. Like you want to put, you know, so many of a symbol in a row or in a column or whatever. And as you do that, of course, your opponents are blocking you and they're trying to do theirs as well. The games uh, only, it, it's a really quick, I, I love these type of games that are like five to 10 minutes, but as you can see there in the video, look how this, uh, the board game state changes with every yes. card that's laid down. You can lay them over, you can lay them, you know, vertically, horizontally. Oh, I love puzzles like this. Um, I saw this and I was immediately excited because this is something I know Michelle and I would love. And also, this is actually a reprint. They they did this, uh, uh, printed it two years ago, and uh, they decided, hey, we're going to go back to Kickstarter and print it again because we had so much success with it. It's, again, uh, fully funded and it will be um, available until June, is it 9th? Yeah, June 9th. Uh, June 9th. Yeah, that's right. So that is Ukio or Yukio. I apologize for butchering the name if I did. I'm, I am embarrassed. I totally missed this one. And I mean, this is what I was talking about earlier with uh, my Trailblazers that's going to be coming. It's funny, there are two Trailblazers in the month of June on oh, that's uh, right. for yeah. board games. Uh, total coincidence. But um, yeah, the, this card patchwork thing, laying cards on top of other cards, mm-hmm. I love it. And so few games do it. So seeing another yep. one is very, very exciting indeed. Agreed. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So that was Ukio is your best guess. Uh, for folks who are listening Ukiyo, on the yes. podcast, that is um, U-K-I-Y-O. If you want to go check it out. As of recording today, you've got eight days to check it out. So don't miss it. Okay. Um, right. But um, June 9th continues to be a very, very, <laughs> very, very, very busy day because we've got the breach ending on that day. And now this one, um, Shay has already covered. He did a run through it on the channel, so you can definitely go check it out. And as soon as I made this video live, one of the first comments on YouTube was this, oh, so this is Netrunner the board game? And yeah, this is Netrunner the board game in the best possible way. This is a competitive dungeon crawl game um, where the dungeon represents cyberspace. And we are hackers. Why? This seems like such a no-brainer idea to represent the traversal of cyberspace and dealing with viruses and and looting data from corporations. Why not represent it in dungeon um, delving form? It's just such a great idea um, as as a fresh new way to do dungeon um, crawling stuff. And again, you can watch Shay's video to get a good idea of how it plays, but it seems very, very sharp. Really does some clever and interesting stuff because of the nature of this theme. It's not just a a cave, you know, under a mountain. This is cyberspace. It is a very fluid and dynamic place. All kinds of things can happen here as you're dungeon delving, racing against fellow hackers to get the most data the quickest. And I'm not really going to spend much time on it because we've already done a full run-through on the channel, and you can go check that out. There'll be a link for it down in the show notes. Shay did a great job. I think this was his number one game that he played in May. He rated this higher than anything else. He absolutely adored it. So, I just wanted to mention in passing, in case you hadn't checked it out, you've got eight days to check out or less to check out the breach nice All yes right. yes yes cool. okay. okay are we done with june 9th yet i don't think we are uh, no we're not there is i believe one no, more that no I there have. are Let two me... more so two this more. next okay. one is yours why don't you yes. tell us about union stockyards union stockyards yeah so this one is about the meatpacking district in chicago uh late 1800 mid to late 1800s I don't know much about this history, and that's why I'm excited to play this one. I want to learn about it. Um, this is an economic game with some worker uh, placement. So you're looking at a game that's definitely more stra- strategic. You're not looking at 
you know, uh, dice and, uh, you know, luck and stuff. Uh, this is a heavy, heavier strategy game. And, you know, I like some of those too, folks. So uh, that's <laughs> what I'm excited to do is uh, play as one of the meatpacking kings or, you know, whatnot. Um, and you're trying to manipulate the market. You know, you got cattle, hogs, sheep, and everything else. You're trying to, you know, uh, buy low, sell high, basically. And uh, you're going to do that through worker placement. And here's the thing. You have to be sure, and again, just like in real life, you've got to be sure that your workers are happy because they may go on strike. Uh, you've got to keep track of that because then there you can see right there on the board there is a picket line. That's another track that you have to keep track of and you have to worry about. Um, all kinds of stuff. The components look fantastic. It comes with this really nice custom insert as well. I'm excited about this. Um, this is, you know, I, I focus on some lighter games uh, so far this show, but this one is one on the heavier side that I'm looking forward to by Dwayne Wolf, and it is ending yet again on June 9th, so go check it out on Kickstarter. That is Union Stockyards. Yeah, uh, you say heavy. I think of everything that's on our list today, this is probably the heaviest game. Uh, it's, yeah. And you didn't even talk about all the stuff. There's also like a polyomino Tetris tile laying style yeah. thing, I, except you're not laying totally, tiles, you're yeah. laying actual little buildings that represent mm -hmm. the different upgrades you uh, give to your operation. And again, all driven by real history and, and trying yeah. to bring this time alive and all that. Yeah, it's very impressive. Honestly, I looked at this one and I almost worried that maybe it's a bit too heavy for me and Jen, quite frankly. I, I mean, oh, really? Uh, yeah, I, just because there's so much going on in the market manipulation and you have your yeah. own valuation of. Uh, versus what the market will bear and trying yep. to anticipate which way it's going to move seems very, very smart. Yeah. But even yeah, still, we are not done with June 9th. There is one more <laughs> game to talk about on this very busy day that everything is closing. So, folks, have your wallets ready on June 9th, apparently. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, this is maybe the biggest one of the bunch. It's Kabuto Sumo Total Mayhem and so much more. And they yes. are not kidding about the so much more. This is from um, board game publisher, Board Game Tables, who, by the way, in their day job, actually make beautiful board game tables too. But by night, they're a board game publisher, and they are making fantastic ones. And what they've done with this Kickstarter campaign, which is up to four hundred over $400,000 now, oh, it's wow. doing huge. Um, they are bringing in expansions or um, extensions of four of their biggest hits. Kabuto Sumo, On Tour, QE and Bytes. And I figured since there's literally four games in this, we could split this up. Uh, now, yeah. I know you've played Kabuto Sumo, right? So I have. What, what's the yeah. deal with that? So this is a dexterity game. And the best way to explain is if you've ever gone to like um, either Dave & Buster's or Chuck E. Cheese or even <laughs> a gambling in Las Vegas, you have those uh, machines that push the quarters down. You drop a quarter in. They, it's almost like a cascading waterfall effect where if you drop a quarter in the right place and it pushes it off the, and then it, you collect either quarters or money or tokens. This is the same concept. You're taking your little, um, these are like little beetles and bugs and stuff, and they're all wrestlers, right? It's a really yep. cute theme, very family friendly. And you're going to take your piece and move it, and you're trying to knock off your opponent's piece and stuff. And there's other, other bugs that are, and stuff. It's a lot of fun. It's super cute. And I know Tony Miller, the designer, he's a big wrestling fan. So he took oh. his love of wrestling and incorporated into this. And he made this with, um, I think his son might have uh, helped him, you know, test out the prototypes and stuff. But very cute game. It's a lot of fun. It's a really maybe like 25-minute game or so. Uh, very neat uh, entry into the dexterity uh, game genre. Yeah. Um, if, if you've, uh, again, folks, uh, scroll down in the links. There's, um, you know, links directly to all these pages. You can check them out. And 
And if you watch some video of this game being played, it's just so weird how, okay, I know I'm going to push this beetle in. It's going to, oh, and it did something completely different every single time. And now the expansion <laughs> takes it from the original, what was it, um, you know, like kind of a sumo wrestling and introduces yep. kind of a WWE flair because now there's yeah. chairs and tables and ladders yep. and whatnot ladders, that we're yeah. trying to slide <laughs> on as well. Yeah, it yeah. looks very, very cool. And it's absolutely fantastic. It's definitely something I'd like to play someday. But number two in this collection is on tour, Paris in New York. And now, while previously Kabuto... Kabuto Sumo was getting an expansion. This is a sequel and to On Tour, which as far as I'm concerned is one of the greatest roll and rights of all time. One of my, for the longest time, it was my top ranked uh, roll and write game, in fact. And I am so excited about this new offshoot because it keeps the same core gameplay that is all about players trying to plan out for the band they manage the perfect route uh, across a map uh, with ascending numbers, uh, rolling dice every round, and drawing cards, and those really limit you and constrict you into what you can do and it's just an incredibly tension-filled easy to understand but tough to master puzzle and it's just great Paris and New York take all the same core gameplay, but they give you new maps to play on that really ratchets up, one, the challenge of the game. The Paris map, which if you want to, you can watch me and Ruel actually play against each other, and you can play with us. There's a link for that down in the show notes, because you can download your own copy of the Paris map and play and see if you can beat our score. That one takes, it doesn't really change the rules, but with a couple little tweaks, it suddenly makes the game like five times heavier than it's ever been before. Really, really crunchy. And then the other one, which I've also done a run-through for, is the New York map. That one, it actually, anything, makes the game a little bit easier. Uh, You know, it's not quite so challenging to be able to pull off really good moves. It's a bit more laid back. But at the same time, the New York map adds a lot of new features, so it becomes more complex. So, with um, uh, On Tour Paris in New York, combined with your original On Tour, you've got a really fast, simple, elegant, quick player, or you can then ratchet up its depth really heavily, or its complexity. And I think that's a really, really interesting, um, you know, it gives you three different ways to play on tour, depending on what your mood is. And um, yeah, I absolutely love it. On tour, Paris and New York. But then yeah, there's the next I, one. I, oh, yeah, yeah, I was going to say, I, I love on tour as well. And we had a great time playing yes. uh, Paris. I'm looking forward to New York. You know, it reminds me of, you know, Welcome to. You have different flavors of Welcome to, depending on how complex you want to do it. On tour is the same way. The base game, uh, wonderful roll and write, and now it's ratcheting up the complexity and just the the flavors of the different uh, games with Paris and New York. Paris was great. It made one little tweak there with that river that, for me, just like wow, that was awesome. Yeah. So, be sure to check out our playthrough, folks. And um, but hey, there's two more games uh, yep. part of this um, uh, Kickstarter here. Uh, QE, this expansion, folks, I love, love, love QE. For my money, it is the best pure auction game out there. Again, this is, if you're just talking about straight auction, QE is amazing. Um, because you can bid whatever you want. You can bid a dollar. You can bid 10 bucks. You can bet a billion dollars because you are the country that um, you're the you're you're in charge of printing your country's money. And eventually you want to use that money to, uh, you know, get all these different industries. And that that's this little set collection uh, bit to it. Now, the brilliant part of this game is when whoever, you know, everyone's going to bid on something. You're going to open, you know, sell something. You're going to, people are going to bid. But only the bidder and the winning bid know exactly how much it is. So it's a it's a game of um, partial information. You're trying to deduce how much everyone spent and how much uh, how many uh, items everyone's uh, um, you know bought already. And then you're going to go to the end of the game. You're going to get points for the different sets that you collect, uh, different industries. And then on top of that, whoever spent the most money 
they have bankrupted their country. They lose automatically. They are out. So you want to spend a lot to get all the stuff you want, but you don't want to spend too much and bankrupt your company. I think it's a brilliant move, and I'm looking forward to the expansion. I, uh, you know, I'm I, I, honestly, I'm not sure exactly. I know they're they're adding some other uh, elements to it, um, but um, oh, gosh, what what is it exactly? Um, but I mean, the, oh, I the know base one game, thing I, is they're adding cryptocurrency as as cryptocurrency, a new alternate. Yes. Um, which obviously completely disrupts the way the game normally works. And I do know there yeah. are some folks I saw on board game. You're like, ah, oh, don't glorify crypto. It's obviously such a problematic platform. The interesting yeah. thing is about QE is it's a parody. QE yeah. has always totally. been about saying, look how ridiculous this system is. Um, you know, look how completely nuts and out of control it is. And they're doing the same thing with crypto, trying to use the game as a method to show the problematic nature of it. So I, I know some people are like, oh, the game glorifies it. No, QE doesn't glorify anything. QE rips everything yeah. apart. Yeah. And, you know, I just want to say one thing, too. Board game tables, you know, again, we're talking about how their day job is making tables. All of their games, folks, if you haven't bought any of their games yet, the components are outstanding. They are just beautiful. And, um, you know, you have these lovely dry erase boards. And, you know, no worry, you don't have to worry about a you know pad of paper or laminating or whatever. These things are built to last. So, yeah, check this out. That is QE the Expansion. Cool, cool, cool. All righty. Well, but there's one more on this one Kickstarter. No wonder it's doing one so more. well because these are all great games. And this is one that neither Ruel nor I have played, but it looks really, really sweet. Um, it is called, oh, which one was that? Oh, Bites. And this is, I guess you'd kind of call it a time track game. It's set up, you randomly create a whole bunch of foodstuffs that have gotten uh, strewn about your picnic and ants have shown up ready to grab all those tokens. And it's a set collection game. On your turn, there are five ants, one for each of the different types of foods. Like there's the purple ant who likes berries. There's the red ant who likes apples. There's the yellow ant who likes bread. And you'll pick one of those ants and move them forward along the track to what they like, but then you will either grab the piece ahead of where they landed or before where they landed. And that's your whole turn. And it's going to keep on going like that until all the ants, through player control, are going to make it from one side of the park to the other. And when they get to the end, they end up taking... Uh, there's this cool little 3D stand that they end up... Um, kind of like you know, at the Olympics, there's like the, the gold and the platinum and the silver you know, where people are higher and higher. They do that here. The first um, ant is going to be on, I think, the uh, bottom row, and then the second, the third, and the fourth... And at the end of the game, where your ants rank determines how valuable are all those foodstuffs you picked up. So if you've been picking up a lot of grapes, you want to make sure that nobody puts the grape ant at the bottom of the podium so all those grapes are only worth one point. So there's a lot of subtle and hidden player versus player um, outthinking and maneuvering. So the core game seems really cool, and it's wonderfully produced, as you can see from this picture. But what really separates it is, every time you play, there are four decks of cards. Each one randomly changes something, adds a new rule, adds a new scoring rule, adds, um, you know, changes the function of the ants, does all kinds of things. So the game has hundreds, if not thousands, of different variations you can play. And these are really significant. Adding new specialty types of ants. Changing it so the entire end game is, oh, you want to be at the bottom instead of the top. So you want to be there last instead of first. You know, I'm really changing things up. So, and then on top of that, uh, Board Game Tables proudly proclaims, and I think it'd be hard to argue, they have the greatest chit tokens of any board game ever. Because they're dual-sided. <laughs> if you look closely in the picture, you can see the grapes are actually two tokens, uh, so that when you flip them over, they're different size, so they have like kind of a 
little 3D effect to them. Yep. That is an attention to detail that is so above and beyond. I'm really, really impressed by everything about it. As you can see, I mean, it's everything about this campaign is amazing uh, that they've squeezed so much into it. So it is no surprise that, what is it called? Um, Kabuto Sumo Total Mayhem and so <laughs> much more is doing so, so very well. Uh, and, uh, right, and what was it? You have nine days. And I think that was it. We are done with June yeah. 9th. We June can finally 9th. move on. <laughs> okay. Why don't we move to the very next day, uh, Richard? How about? June 10th. Yes, yeah. I think that's a good idea. Let's June talk. June 10th is... So after your wallet has taken the hit on the 9th, you know, I'm going to save you all a few bucks. We're going to go with June 10th. Only $5 or 5 euros, um, I believe, or is it pounds? I, I, don't, I can't really see. Dice Park. Uh, euros, euros. Uh, euros, thank you. Dice Park Dungeons of Doom. Now... I have backed in, uh, the previous game from uh, Designer Baraka here. Uh, they did a game um, last, uh, just last month, actually, actually a couple of weeks ago, called Airflip. And they're doing the model sort of like how we talked about Voyages recently. Yep. They're doing a print-and-play model. So for $5, you can get this game. And, Rado, I'm going to tell you right now why I got excited about this. It's a roll-and-write game, and it gives me vibes of Railroad Inc., one of my favorite roll-and-write. okay. Yes. So you're going to roll the dice. You're going to have your own standard dice. But as you can see there, uh, your dice correspond to different um, little uh, patterns that you're going to put on here, like one straight line, one you know a corner or a cross. And you're going to connect these because you're creating a dungeon. You're trying to make the scariest dungeon out there. So as you connect your little route there, you're going to add uh, terrors or creatures, and you're going to fill the terror gauge, and that's going to determine how scary it is. And every player is going to have uh, their own like challenges or uh, basically secret objectives uh, to fulfill as well. And that's why I'm digging that. I think it's Railroad Inc.-ish. Uh, got that vibe to it where you know, you're trying to connect routes and stuff, but at the same time, you're adding this new element of uh, making it as scary as possible with all the different creatures and stuff. And so this one, after your wallet takes the hit on the ninth, <laughs> save a couple of bucks and you can play, uh, you can uh, back Dice Park Dungeons of Doom. This is a uh, print and play only. So, uh, you know, it's going to be one of those games once it's fully funded. I mean, it's already fully funded, but once it's uh, the campaign's complete, you won't have to wait long to start playing it. Yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. You know, Voyages, Voyages wasn't the first print and play game on Kickstarter. But it was the first one that really caught on. And yep. so I think now we're going to be seeing more and more people who are incredibly passionate, always want to design a game, do not have the means to get an account with Panda Manufacturing and deal with all that yep. stuff, but just want to get their dream out there. The one I mentioned yeah. earlier, Shoes Tactics, uh, yes. you know, just an independent guy in Vietnam who's always wanted to design a game, and he'll be able to get it out there. Same thing for Dice Park Dungeon of Doom. It's so exciting that this just yeah. opens the doors for everybody. Um, yes. you know, and you know, yeah. a game where $1,200, bucks, 2000 bucks, 5000 that can be considered a huge success on Kickstarter. I, yeah. That, that's yeah. wonderful. And so yeah. I'm really glad you pulled I, I, I this love one it. out too. Yeah. I, I really love that. Um, you know, I'm glad you brought that up. You know, just uh, designers' dreams, right, to have their game published. And, you know, again, with the shipping crisis in the world right now and everything else that we have to worry about, here's one way that designers, they're taking the limitations that they have mm -hmm. and they're going around that. They're going to yeah. say, you know what? We're going to go print and play. Let, let's use the limitations we have and let's get creative with it. That's why I'm excited for uh, Dice Park Dungeons of Doom. Okay, well, cool. We are done um, I, with that day, but we got uh, uh -huh. just a few days later, folks, the 1,100-pound um, gorilla of the industry is yes. going to be closing down. It is Castles of Burgundy, the special edition. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Which is currently sitting at 1.4 million euros. So that, like oh 1.5, 1.6 million dollars. And wow. uh, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Castle of Burgundy, as far as yeah. I'm concerned, and many people are concerned, is the greatest Stefan Feld game of all time. Some of us consider Stefan Feld to be the greatest board game designer of all time. So surely that makes this one of the greatest games of all time. I would certainly argue it is. And forever, uh, while its pedigree was unparalleled, its presentation has always lacked a little bit. This is the dream, the special edition that makes Burgundy look better than anything else on the market. Uh, Gorgeous, pops out color, uh, multi-layer player boards, keep everything nice and tight. Um, And hey, while we're at it, it's the castles of Burgundy. Let's treat those castles with a little bit of love and throw some castle miniatures in too. Um, and oh my gosh, that's all well and good, but that's not what gets me excited about this. Cause I've got my, I've still got my original first edition Burgundy and I've got my, um, what was it? My anniversary edition Burgundy. Um, why do I want this one? Because Stefan Feld has come back and he has created a ton of new content, a whole bunch of new modules that are available here. And you might say, ah, but I don't. I'm. I'm. I'm just, uh, I, yeah, that's nice. But Burgundy doesn't need miniatures. It doesn't need that. Well, okay. If if uh, if that's fine, then don't go for the gameplay, which includes metal coins and castle miniatures. Go for the classic. At 85 euros, um, you are getting. 10 games worth of content in this box with all of the expansions that have come out for Burgundy over the years, plus the new stuff that has been created now. Um, you know, it's, it's absolutely amazing. And it's just going to keep going up and up and up. And they're just going to keep unlocking more and more content. And honestly, I'll be honest. I mean, I want to be pure. I want to say it's just about the gameplay for me. Clearly, I yeah. just need the 85 because I don't need those miniatures. <laughs> but oh, for only 95, I can get the miniature castles in the middle coins. Right. Um, but you know, if I'm going to do that well um then i can go to the sun drop where oh my gosh look at those miniatures when you get them sun dropped finished and all of that uh i I, you know burgundy is deservedly one of the best euro designs of all time and it's only i mean it's finally i mean look at that you know a player boards to keep track of all the different pieces you know like these stands it's it's always deserved this insanely deluxe um treatment and I, for one, am happy to have it because I will have this. Um, and then I will donate my old burgundies to the Dice Tower West Convention Library so people can be able to enjoy them um, down in Vegas. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. It's, 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 it's more than I ever could have hoped for, quite frankly, when I first heard, oh, they were going to be doing this. Who is it? It's, um, it's uh, Aaliyah, the original publisher. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, um, working with Board and Dice, if I recall correctly. Two right. publishers who hadn't really worked together before coming up with Burgundy like we've never seen it before. And again, I just cannot stress how amazing Burgundy is. And uh, yeah, it's no surprise to me that um, probably before the end of the day, it'll be up to 1.5 million for a yeah. dry, dusty, soulless euro, <laughs> which just happens to be one of the greatest board games of all time. Um, yeah. And yeah, you've got until June 14th is when the campaign closes. And if you know the more people back, the more um, stretch goals we will unlock. Uh, along the yeah. way, yeah, I 
I love Castle Burgundy. It is my favorite Stefan Fell game. And like you said, this is this game has been long overdue to get the treatment it deserved, especially for us folks who have colorblind issues. Oh, yeah. You know, some yeah. of those, those older editions, like this one, again, just based on my eyes, just seeing what's on here, it looks like it's going to be perfect for me. And, you know, if you do that Royal Pledge, I was looking at it's got acrylic tiles. I mean, wow. Ah. I mean, come on. We're, <laughs> Drool. I mean, it's that it's that little meme or the little gift. Take my money. Shut up and take my yeah, money. I mean, that, the that's, thing is, I mean, I know this is expensive. Yeah. I mean, and we shouldn't yeah. make light of that. It's not but cheap. This yeah. is a game that if you know Burgundy and you know you love Burgundy as much as me and Ruel does, that's not unreasonable. I mean, this becomes like an yeah. heirloom item, quite frankly. Right. Which it's right. deserving of. You know, the same way, um, you know, those really expensive crokinole boards. You know, and people, right. you know, buy them knowing, oh, I will literally give this to my kids someday. Burgundy yep. has gotten that kind of love now, and I couldn't be more happy about it. Yeah, all right, same here. But that's not all, all right. that's happening on June 14th. On June 14th, we also have a, a slightly uh, smaller game, an adorable game, Bark Avenue, which is a uh, route optimization, pickup and deliver, hand management game, all about being the best dog walker you can be in uh, New York City. And uh, you know what, folks? I don't need to talk about this too very much because Shay already did a fantastic run-through of this for the channel. And here's the thing. Shay could not help to be charmed by it, even though he is a cat person. And he freely admitted that in his video. Look, I'm a cat person. I wasn't, but yeah, it charmed me. Uh, you can't help but fall in love with these dogs. But the gameplay seems like it's really leaning into the theme really hard because you've got this big uh, board of Manhattan that you're walking all over the place. You are collecting more dogs who have different places they want to go to and you're trying to figure out the best path, right? Well, okay, um, this little pug over here wants to, you know, you know, wants to hit a fire hydrant and the beagles, they want to go to the dog park and play. And, oh, and the Labrador needs to poop right now. What is the best path I am going to take to meet the needs of these dogs and get them back to their owners happy so that I can get paid, please? And I, if there's not a sweeter, more charming um, and lovely theme, I can't imagine. If you're a dog lover and you love pick up and deliver, you owe it to yourself to check this out. And like I said, it convinced a cat person that you know, maybe <laughs> dog walking is kind of fun. Uh, it looks absolutely adorable. Again, check out Shay's run through. It really uh, gets the idea across <clears throat> Bark Avenue. Yeah, I, I think there's no better endorsement from a cat person like mm -hmm. Shay to uh, give it up for this game. So, that, yeah, I think it looks, uh, I don't know if we've ever said this on the R&R show, but I believe it looks adorbs. It I, looks I think absolutely... you might have dropped that from time to time. Okay, well, I've just dropped it again. It <laughs> definitely looks adorbs. I'm looking forward to that one. Okay. All right. So, uh, do we have one more? Is we are not the... done with June 14th yet. June That's 14th right. is a busy day for closers uh, because if there's anything that's going to beat Castles of Burgundy in the month of June... It's going to be ARCs. Yeah. And now this is, a so they're over a million dollars. And this is the strength of leader games. They make outstanding games. Root, Oath, Vast. I mean, they're all one word because that's all they need because they're so awesome. <laughs> ARCs is the latest one. I'm fired up about this, uh, Richard, because it is a space opera in a box. Y'all know how much I love sci-fi. And what's really, really caught my eye, first of all, it's 60 to 90 minutes. We're not, we're not talking mm -hmm. like Twilight Imperium space hopper. We're talking something a little more manageable and more approachable because if you know Root, now that, that can be a bit intimidating to new players. I think they're taking this and making it a little more accessible. There's going to be similar things here, 
you're going to start with a uh, you know symmetrical factions with everyone, but through the gameplay, it's going to become asymmetrical. And then there's this really cool uh, for me the mechanism. It's almost, it's trick taking basically. Oh. And you're going to play cards, uh, sort of like I believe it's Brian Baru who uh, recently did that, okay. uh, like a trick taking uh, thing where you're going to do some area control and uh, move around. But here's the thing: halfway through the game, you have an intermission. And at this intermission, rules change. Ooh. Things are going to come in. New rules are going to come in. It's going to change gameplay. Oh, my gosh. This is why this game has already gotten over a million dollars. I mean, look at the art. It's cute. It's going to be It's accessible. And the gameplay is smart. And, oh, my. I, I am so excited about this. I believe it's going to. I mean, it's already. It's a, I mean, come on, folks. It's got over a million dollars. It's, it's a huge hit already. But, like, once again, Leader Games shows why it is one of the leaders, get it, leaders <laughs> of the uh, game industry, folks. Uh, Arcs looks amazing. I'm so fired up. Um, I, I saw, I think it was Lord of the Boards, Sam. He's a huge Root fan. He was talking about how much he loves this already. And Thinker Themer, uh, Amy mm -hmm. and Maggie did a little bit on it as well. And um, my friend uh, Casey at Brain and Jar. I mean, everybody is raving about it. And come on, folks, Arcs, it's it's out there. It's going to be a hit, and um, that's why I'm excited about it. And that is June 14th. You've got a couple of weeks still. Yep, yeah, you can't touch the pedigree on this. My yep. only thing I have to say is, whoa, you're killing me, three-player minimum. Come on, yeah. guys. Yeah. yeah. I mean, But, I mean, that's... compared to, I mean, Root, ultimately, they ended up doing a lot of Automa development and stuff like they that, did. and, you know, actual co-op options. So I expect a bright future for arcs and i know at yes. some point i will get to play this game it will work yeah. for me as a care bear playing two players <laughs> just not today yeah. that's okay just not today yes. yeah now one thing I, I do want to point out what's interesting this campaign as opposed to the castle burgundy thing there are no stretch goals what you see is what you get oh wow and, you know they have just launched they launched it as is and i i love that it, there's the 60 dollar pledge there are no stretch goals, no unlocking stuff. You're gonna see, what you see is what you get, and I love that. People are so excited because they know uh, there's a hundred dollar pledge as well that gives you, I guess, the fancier bits and stuff. Oh, it but gives you an expansion, basically. That's it, folks. Yeah, the expansion. Yeah. Yep. So you know they're going on the strength of their, you know, their pedigree, and um, you know they make awesome stuff. So I have no doubt that it's gonna be a fantastic game. Looking forward to playing it. Cool, cool, cool. All right, we are finally made it past June 14th, but not very far, because on June 16th, we've got Hacktivity. And you already know how I feel about this game, folks. It's, uh, you know, uh, it's, a, it's a smaller, not quite as ambitious as some of the big games we were talking about today. Uh, you know, just a little passion project from a few folks, and to me, it just knocks it, blows it, or, yeah. I was going to say knocks out of the yeah knocks out of the park. I was going to say knocks it out of the water, and I knew that was wrong, uh, or blows it out of the park. Whatever it does, all of those things um, because with the variety of all the I mean, it comes with like this big book of all these different missions where the different types of boss viruses fundamentally change the rules. And um, again, I played it solo. It works great, but I played it with Jen, and Jen was not predisposed to be interested in this subject matter. I mean, she doesn't really care about cyberspace or hacking or viruses or all that, but we both fell hard in love with it because of the really interesting gameplay, uh, you know, the, the collaboration between players, and it kind of... I don't know why it didn't occur to me until just this video. It reminds us of the same feels we get out of Gloomhaven, where, you know, we okay, we do all our planning, we know what we want to do, We've got our stuff in hand, and then, okay, reveal, and, oh, everything changes. Okay. Well, okay, if you have to do that, if you have to play that thing, because that's the one thing we were hoping you didn't get, that's okay, because I can heal you. I can't tell you how much I can heal you, but don't worry, we'll heal. And you're like, oh, okay, I just got hit for four. Wah! I can only heal you for one! Okay, now what are we going to do? Um, it's just, 
uh, you know, the, the simple, brilliant elegance of, hey, are you going to play this for the top action or the bottom action? It works for Gloomhaven. It's why it's one of the most popular games of all time. And it works here as a very, very fast-playing, really streamlined, fluid... I mean, this is going to be a half-hour game, uh, or certainly under an hour, and very satisfying, really tension-filled with all the different ways you could die, only one way you could win, and every round being smart about the decisions you make with that core decision of, oh, we're drawing four cards. Okay, I think we're ahead of the game. I think we can afford to draw three of the bad cards and only one... No! Go! Okay, I'll wait to see what you do, and then we'll start trying to figure this out kind of thing. It's just it's just a blast. Uh, I, I recommend it highly. I can't wait to get... Oh, and, um, you know, heck, it's still overhead. I didn't mention this, but you'll notice plexiglass um, screwed onto the boards oh. that holds all the little stuff in place. Wow. That is very, very nice, too. Um, you know, for, I believe, first-time publishers to go that extra mile. Uh, again, remember, one lucky uh, winner of this game, uh, this episode, if you have heard the uh, secret word. Uh, hopefully you've been listening. But, um, yeah, this game is fantastic. And you have... <clears throat> sorry, I'm sorry. You have until June 16th uh, when the uh, campaign closes down. And I hope... Over those uh, last few days, it finds its secret sauce and continues to climb, 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 because I, I love this game to pieces. Hacktivity. Okay. Phew. Right. We're almost done with the month, folks. Just one wow. more game to talk about that is coming due on June 21st. Is that right? Yes. Well, take it away. I'm tired. <laughs> The Gig. Now, we, we talked about this before. Uh, this was, uh, came up on a previous R&R show, The Gig. It's a dice-rolling jazz game. Uh, you are uh, gigging, gigging musicians, and um, it's a uh, um, dice... Oh, my gosh. Now, I, it just it totally blanked here. Roll the dice. Uh, dice placement game. Um, and you are trying to work in sync with each other. You know, as jazz musicians, you're playing your solos, you're improvising, and yet you're trying to make it all work together to, um, you know, score the most points uh, through your solos and through the uh, instruments. You know, er you, you know, one player's going to have the drums, the, the saxophone, and the bass, and whatnot. And can you all work together in a way that creates the most beautiful music together? Um, that is the gig... Um, I, you know, I forgot the name of the, is it jazz gig or, uh, Oh, the name of the publisher. Y yeah. Sorry. Oh, uh, well, it's Lewis Shaw is uh, Lewis here. Shaw. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. This looks wow. really, really cool to me too. This was also on my short list. If Ruel hadn't been talking about it, I would too. Um, you know, the idea of working in synchronicity with the different, um, you know, instruments, to mm -hmm. roll and uh, you know come up with the best composition. You know, I have the, the best uh, song, the best solos. It seems yeah. really, really sharp. And yeah. how's it doing? How's it doing? Um, you know, it literally just launched this morning, so that's why it's got 20 days to go. And uh, I am very, very enthusiastic about it as well. Love yeah. the and yeah. Hmm? Yeah, I was just going to say, and again, this is one of the joys of Kickstarter or GameFound. You know, these passion projects, this is not normally a theme that you would see, you know, Alan, you know, down at your, you know, um, major, you know, local, or your gaming stores or, you know, whatnot. So this is obviously something that really hits home, uh, close to uh, the um, you know, designer and publisher, uh, these type of themes where it's, hey, it's a very narrow uh, um, niche thing, which which I love. You know, I, I love music. Um, I enjoy listening to music. Um 
I may have played in a, not in a jazz band, but in a thrash metal band back in the day, folks. But uh, that's the story for another time. If you watch the R&R show, uh, the live show, you may have heard that story. But yes. um, yeah, this one I'm, uh, I'm excited about. Uh, it's uh, the gig. <laughs> one more thing I want to mention, too. You know, I mean, Roland Wrights tend to be nice, light affairs. But I love the fact that they went and got heavy cardboard, the premier channel for covering really big, heavy. Yes. Uh, and they got Edward to work on it as well. And Edward spoke highly of it. So, I mean, this isn't just for... You know, light gateway family gaming either looks very, very sharp. And that's it. That's the month of June. Jeez Louise. Somehow I thought wow. this new approach was going to be quicker. It did not seem to be the case. Um, oh my gosh. Oh, it's wow. I, I don't, I, maybe it's just a busy month, but man, there's a ton of games we talked about. Oh, um, yeah. Yep, yep, yeah. yep. Yeah, well, but, I mean, hey. a, a bunch coming on the channel and a bunch more besides. So mm -hmm. June is going to be a painful month for folks. Uh, uh, and good luck out there. Hopefully, <laughs> um, we steered you right towards the stuff that we think is the best of the best of what's coming in, uh, or what, what's, what's coming from us and what's closing down elsewhere over the month of June. And before we go, did you hear the word? Did somebody say sauce? Why would somebody say sauce? Well, that's a whole other story for another time. Um, it has to do with, should this be called, um, what was it? Oh, crowd sauce rather than... Um, yep. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm crowdsource. Crowdsource. Thank you. I'm losing it. This first time we've done this. Oh my goodness. Hopefully, <laughs> folks, you enjoyed it. This is an experiment. We're trying a completely new sort of thing. In addition to uh, sending in the game when the secret word was said to contest at raw.com. Again, let us know in the comments. What do you think? Uh, did we talk too much? We we. I don't know how I ended up um, co-hosting with the second most chatty Kathy in the industry compared to me. Once we get going, we just can't stop. But yeah, it's the funny thing, you know. We just we both share this passion for the hobby, and obviously, it comes through in our speech. So it, we may run a bit long, but yes. uh, again, thank you, folks, for watching and for your patience. And again, we hope that you found something here that you're gonna spend those pennies on, and uh, you know, um, found something good for you as well. Yeah, well, um, thank you, Ruel, for uh, for doing the time. I had a good time. Thank you, everybody, for watching and for any suggestions you have for a show name or anything. And uh, also, just thanks to my wife, Jen, and thanks to Michelle, too. Thanks to everybody. And have a very, very nice day, everybody. Talk to you later. So long. Uh, bye bye